Thanks for tuning in to Let Fear Bounce. What are we going to be doing here? We're going to be tossing out nuggets of hope. And who the heck am I? My name is Kim Langling and I will be your host. And I am so glad that you're joining me today. So sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, and let's get this show started. Have you ever thought about what will happen to your pet should you no longer be able to care for them or if you pass away? Life Pet Care is the world's first pet care administration company and they provide do-it-yourself pet estate will kits. Now these are legal document folks. They are considered an amendment or a codicil that you add directly to your personal will. You can access this by visiting kimlanglingauthor.com. Scroll down until you see Life Pet Care. Click on that link and you will get 33% off of that do-it-yourself pet estate will kit. Now, folks, it's just $29.99, but if you click that link, you will get 33% off. Let's make sure that our furry loved ones are taken care of if, for whatever reason, we are no longer able to care for them. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langland, your host, and I am so pleased that you're spending just a small part of your day with my special guest today, Randy Lee Boslaw. She was born and raised in Ontario, Canada, and from a young age, she has had a passion for helping others. She is also an author and an outspoken advocate for mental health, sharing her true story with honesty. From the age of 14, she has struggled with depressive thoughts. Depression continues to be a battle in her life, but she is glad that she continues to live. She also has a YouTube channel, The Write or Die Show, that she she uses to help spread awareness about various mental health issues and to end the stigma associated with mental health. And here's another little fun thing that I just got a big kick out of, pun intended, Another of Randy Lee's passions is kickboxing, which she's been doing for about 10 years. She was the Canadian national champion in kickboxing in 2015 and competed at the World's Kickboxing Tournament later that year. And in 2016, (laughs) competed in the Pan Am Games, where she received a silver medal in her division. So look at you rocking being a badass. You're an author, a mental health advocate. Gosh, what else can you squeeze into that uh, schedule of yours, Randy? Oh, you know, YouTube host, mother, wife, grandmother, um, pet mother, owner. Grandmother, <laughs> let's squeeze that in. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's not nothing small. <laughs> right? That, that doesn't take any time at all. <laughs> right. Well, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. I've been looking forward to this. I've been a guest on your show a couple times, so it's pretty exciting to have you on the other side of the mic and you're my guest today. So welcome. Thanks. I know I was looking forward to this too. I love when people come on my show and then they're like, Oh, I have a show too. I'm like, Oh, go yay. <laughs> <laughs> spread the love, spread the love. That's right. Now I want to hop onto your author journey because I found it interesting and quite fascinating. Actually, you write in three different genres, nonfiction, fiction, and children's books. So which one started for you? Which one got you into the writing bug? 
nonfiction. Um, so my first book was actually the poems that I had written as a teenager when I was going through depression the first time. And then I had found them when I was cleaning out the basement. I went, oh, I don't want to throw them out, but like, they're just sitting here doing nothing. So I put them in a book and I was like, oh, I like this whole writing books thing. <laughs> I kept going. So you, poetry, that's yeah, how that you was, started. That's how I started. Now, is it that angsty teenage kind of poetry? Kind of, I guess, is what you just kind of alluded to. A hundred percent is that <laughs> angsty, uh, really super dark. It was literally, and this is why I call my show the Write or Die Show, because it literally saved my life to write out what I was thinking of doing to myself. That is a very powerful thing right there. Writing out because you're, you're getting it out, you're letting it out. Yeah, exactly. And that is so big. And, you know, at the age of 14, when you were doing that, maybe it was unconsciously that you realized you didn't realize that that was actually helping you, but you were just doing it because you needed to get it out. It was, was that the case or how did that come? Pretty about? much. Yeah. That's exactly how you said it. And at the time I didn't know it was depression. I just thought everybody feels like they shouldn't still be here. Um, it wasn't until later when I was learning about mental health in college that I was like, oh, I'm depressed. You know, and that's, that's a, that's a heavy burden. Depression can be, can be a heavy burden, especially when you don't realize that's what it is. I know I've talked to folks and myself, I live with depression too. I live with PTSD and depression and anxiety goes right along with that. Mm -hmm. And I know before I realized or came to the conclusion that that's what it was, um, you, you, you feel very isolated yeah. personally, like, you know, no one, no one gets it. You feel very, very stuck in your bubble. Was, was it like that for you at such a young age? Yeah, it very much was. And we didn't talk about that stuff back then. So we're talking, so a teenager, early two thousands, which doesn't seem like that long because we're still in the 2000s but the time was so very very different back then and I feel so old saying that but um you didn't talk about this stuff and growing up in my house we had my stepfather he was an alcoholic um, my brother was in and out of jail he also was into drugs and so we didn't talk about drugs we didn't talk about alcohol we didn't talk about the yelling the abuse so why would I have talked about depression when I was basically taught by, you know, living in that household, you don't talk about that stuff. You just roll with it the best you can and survive. Pretty much. That's a tough one, you know, and I, I've been in that same situation that you were describing yeah. and I know many, many, many others have. And I often sit there and go, you know, I turned out all right for having right exactly <laughs> for having grown up with some of that stuff geez louise so your first book that or the first book that you put together was your your teenage poetry which i think is awesome and then let's see here nonfiction, thoughts of a wanderer that's the one yep that's your poetry a mother's truth that'd be the second one that's about raising my kid with autism okay gall oh my gosh we could be on here forever and i know <laughs> embracing me is your third one yeah. Um, so that one came out, what, 2021, I want to say. And that one is about my journey with depression, but not in poetry styles. <laughs> <laughs> not in verse. <laughs> exactly. And all my poetry, I, I love poetry. And some poets might hate me for saying this, but it has to rhyme. 
for me. Like it, it has to rhyme for me to be like, yes, that's such good poetry. Um, I know it doesn't technically in my head. Like I know it doesn't, but like it does. <laughs> I have found that I get, I'm able to fall into a poem because I love to fall into stories, whether it's yeah. nonfiction, fiction, you know, music, same thing. But with poetry, I found that if it rhymes, at least some of it rhymes, I'm able yeah. to fall into it more. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a mental it thing. However, it's like the rhyme or the rhythm, the rhythm of it. Yes, that's what it is for me, too. And like, I just those are my favorite kind when they just rhyme. Have you ever have you ever uh, tried your hand at writing haikus? Um, only in school when I was forced to. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love haikus. I went to a writer's conference a few years back and one of the sessions was uh a, a professional haikuist. I don't even know what you would call that, but she'd been doing it for years and years, multi, multi published. And she oh. taught uh, that in at the college level. And she, the way that she taught it was, it was how to, how to really tighten up your writing. So she okay. said, write haikus, pick one word and write a haiku about it using the five, seven, five, five yeah. syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. For those of you listening that might not know what a haiku is, First line is five syllables long, not five words, five syllables. Second is seven. The third line is five and that's it. But you have to make it very succinct. And I started doing that as practice exercises to tighten up my writing. But then I realized this is really fun because I would just pick a word or I'd look around and, you know, be like doorknob. And I'd write a haiku about a doorknob to tight. It's, it's fun. I was just wondering if anybody else did that or if it's just me being wonky well I haven't heard of anyone else doing that and you know I've talked to a lot of people but that <laughs> yes. doesn't mean that they don't it just means I don't know them I think it's fun try it give it a try give it a try I, I might I'm not going to guarantee I might one day but I like I usually write poetry when I'm emotional I don't know what it is like when I'm emotional every thought comes out in a poem kind of format <laughs> and uh so that that's usually how those come to be. Oh, I understand that. I think, um, I think all creatives, no matter what type of medium you're creative in, a lot of that creativity comes from trauma, mm -hmm. loss, grief, what have you. A lot of that, this is just my perception stems from that. And, you know, I look back on my journey and I'm thinking if I hadn't gone through a lot of the stuff that I went through, there's no way I could write what I write today. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Especially like most, like a good chunk of my books are nonfiction. So obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to fiction, we've got a fiction book called A Little Scare. What's that one all about? It's a collection of short, scary stories. Um, I love all things horror. I love watching horror movies, oh, reading like Stephen King and stuff when I was younger is what really got me into liking books. So yeah, it's just like a collection of short, scary stories. And actually yesterday I was talking to my kid and he loves all things horror too. So then he started going on this thing about the seven deadly sins. And I don't know, I think he was watching some anime about it or something. I was only half listening <laughs> you know that parent nod oh yeah yes. that's so interesting yeah mm -hmm. um and then I was like you know what would be cool 
if we did a seven deadly sins short scary story and each story is one of the sins because he loves he does art so he would draw the picture and i would write the story um which is in in that book um a little scared that's what it is each story starts with a picture and he drew them oh how awesome what a cool thing and what a cool you know that's kind of like a legacy lever you know right i I I think so i hope so yeah years and years down the road you can look back and or he can look back whatever grandkids could look back and say look they did this together how cool is that that's really that's awesome awesome. now you've got a couple children's books as well because you're you're a busy lady (laughs) So we've got Operation Deck the Halls and Diamond the Cat are your children's books. Share a little bit about those. I think I need to update this because there's actually more books, but that's okay. So Operation Deck the Halls, it's a Christmas book. Um, I never would have guessed. I I know, right? I never would have guessed that one. It's a big (laughs) surprise. I know. Um, But it's kind of based on a true story that happened. So it's about a little girl who can't fall asleep and she's scared that Santa won't make it for Christmas. So um, Christmas has to happen kind of in a different way. And basically what happened, my kid wouldn't fall asleep this one year. And my husband went and decorated the entire basement and Christmas went downstairs. Ah, so when she came down on the normal level that she would anticipate there was nothing there yeah because (gasps) they just wouldn't fall asleep (laughs) so it's pretty it was pretty cool so yeah that's where that one came from although in the book there's elf magic and like it's of course there's magic obviously um and then diamond the cat is again sort of based on reality because it's about my cat that i had for 19 years um diamond uh, she was because you know a diamond is a girl's best friend <laughs> I used to say that all the time I still miss her she passed away a few years ago and she was just like my most precious baby um but so that one it's all rhyming <laughs> again and it's just really short it's for like the really younger kids so it's like my name is diamond I'm a cat I like to lay I've, on my mat yeah right? simple yeah. So yeah, those ones I always found those ones the funnest to read to my daughter when she was just a little thing. Yeah, kids really like that, and it helps them. um, Really helps them to learn how to read, right? When you can see like cat mat. Oh, I see that at sound. It has different words, right? Right. It's not even like a conscious thing that you have to teach them, but as they like, because you're reading it to them and they're looking at the book and looking at the picture and the words, they can kind of you know, it's good. Yep. You know, and I can't stress enough how important it is to read to your kiddos when they're young. Mm -hmm. I I'm an avid reader, always have been still am. I read at least two books a week. Uh, but when my daughter was little, I read to her every night during the day, whenever we would go through so many books, we were at the library every week, you know, when people would go to the library, you know, right. Yeah. Back on the door. But it was an adventure to go to the library because it was so magical. You know, well, and all so these many books, different things there. Yes. And the smell and you'd go down into the children's area and there'd always be something going on. And then you would just, I remember my daughter's face and how her eyes would get so big, no matter how many times we went, when we got into the children's area and it would just be wall after wall of books. And she would just be like, mommy, mommy, <laughs> look at all the books. Well, and I'd be like, awesome. I know we're, it's going to be so hard to choose which ones to take home this week. You know, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, we read. Um, so when my kid was younger, we read the Jolly Postman. 
which if you don't know what that book is, you need to get that book for whatever child is in your life because they're amazing. So it was like the Jolly Postman, the Jolly Postman and more letters and then Jolly Postman Saves Christmas. There was three of them. And it was just so cool because like in that book, the postman's delivering mail and you can actually pull the mail out of the book. And so you're actually delivering mail to like say, and it was all fairy tale creatures, right? So like Little Red Riding Hood and stuff. And sometimes it would be like, I remember the one is a little puzzle. So you could actually put the puzzle together because that's what they were getting in their parcel. And so it was just so, oh my gosh. So yeah, every child needs the Jolly Postman. I cannot stress that enough. I'd never um, heard of the Jolly Postman. It was a favorite of mine when I was little. So as soon as I had my kid, I was like, got to get these books. I love them. And now um, my grandson, he's only three, so he doesn't sit long enough for it because <laughs> it is a bit of a lengthy read if you read every single letter that comes in the book, right? But it was so funny because we would read it and uh, Lev preferred when my husband read it because he did better voices than I did. Well, you have to do the voices. That's <laughs> I right. did the voices, but <laughs> my husband's were just better. <laughs> no, I I made a note of that. The Jelly Postman. I've not heard of that. Oh, it's so worth it. I absolutely love it. Totally recommend it. I get absolutely no royalties from this when you buy it. So, you know, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> so is this, a, is this a Canadian author? I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I'll just, I'll yeah. hop on, I'll hop online and see where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just ordered mine on Amazon. I just remembered reading them when I was a kid. So like they had them in our school library. Awesome. And now you're writing your own children's books. How cool is that? How cool is that? So do you have any books in the works right now that are sitting on the burner? Of course I do. <laughs> um, so like I said, I do have to update that that list because there I just had a book come out in May that is not on your list. So first, I'm going to tell you about that. Um, it's called Goodbye Too Soon, and that is about my brother's death by drug overdose. So uh, two years ago, he died. So that was my newest nonfiction just came out in May. So everybody go pick it up. Um, but well, absolutely. It's called uh, Goodbye. It's called Goodbye Tuesday. Too soon. Oh, too soon. I'm sorry. OK, I talk too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but right now I'm actually in the process of, well, I have two children's books that I'm in the process of writing right now. Well, I shouldn't say writing one. I'm illustrating one. My kid is illustrating the one. My kid is illustrating has been written for over a year <laughs> and he's just takes a really long time to get the pictures done, but that's okay. <laughs> it's coming. That is called, um, Woofy says goodbye. And so Woofy is a stuffed dog. And he goes home with different kids because he lives in a classroom. So he goes home with different kids. Um, there is one other Woofy book that is already out, which again, see, I got to update my list. Um, but so Woofy goes to the hospital was the first one. And so Woofy goes to the hospital with this little boy and he's getting his tonsils out. So he helps him be brave. And so this one, Woofy goes home with a little girl who has a hamster and the hamster dies. So he has to help her be brave through their little mini funeral that they have for the hamster so my kid is working on those pictures they they look really good I think he's only got like three or four left to do for it but uh so that one's coming and then the other one is and I haven't totally landed on a name yet but it's probably going to be something like Neo finds a home so it is about my three-legged kitty cat um and how he finally gets adopted uh it's all rhyming again back to rhyming <laughs> <laughs> And so um, right now I've, I've illustrated the first three pages. So I've got like, 
a bunch left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're keeping very, very busy, very busy. So, and outside of that, you also have your own YouTube channel, the writer in a show on there. It's the writer die show. Yes. And that what you came about that you started that in 2021, you started the writer die show. What, what made you, what kind of nudged you in that direction? You're like, you know what? I'm going to do a YouTube show. Um, well, when I was little, I was going to be a famous actor. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly that hasn't quite happened, but we're still, we're still working on it. Um, and obviously I like talking and sharing and meeting different people. So it just made sense to do that. Um, and because I really love talking about mental health, I obviously had to be around mental health. So I interview other authors. We talk about mental health. Um, and we've now got over 150 episodes. How awesome. That's and exciting think, stuff. That's and you have two of them. <laughs> and I'm two of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm around the same thing. I think I'm around 163 or 64 episodes. Very I think nice. We man. probably started our 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 uh, shows around the same time. So could be. It's an amazing journey to do that. And and for however for whatever reason, my show, Let Fear Bounce, that you're on right now, it just so happens that I would say 85% of my guests are authors. It wasn't planned that way. They just it just turns out that way. And I just find it fascinating. And I love hearing other people's journeys. And yours is incredibly fun to hear because you write in three different genres. I mean, they're so different from each other. I love talking about mental health. So that's like where I get a lot of it from. But they're such heavy books that I have to do something else in between them. Like it, it, I just kind of like when I do the scary stuff or I do the kids books, it kind of resets my brain and gets me out of that really tough, hard mental health mindset. Cause it, whenever I'm writing them, I mean, the first draft usually comes with tears. Oh, I, I believe it. I've been there, done that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I got to do something else to lighten the mood. Yeah. It can be emotionally draining. Yeah. No matter what you're writing, I've found it depends on, I guess, where you're at in, you know, in your, in your writing journey and what it is yes. you're writing about. But I've, of all the folks I've talked to, and I'm sure you've heard something similar that when you're writing, you kind of fall into it, you lose yeah. yourself in it. Yeah. And then when you come out of it, you're mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted. Well, Cause you went on a journey, just like right. if you were to like journey out in the wilderness, it's, it's tiring. It is tiring. It is worth tiring. it. And I think, you know, it's some people, if, if I've talked and I have spoken to people that are not authors, they, you know, have no interest in it, they, but they love to read. And then you try to explain how you fall into it. You know, sometimes you get these looks like, oh, she's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're all a little crazy. That's right. That's right. You know, well, you have characters in your head or, you know, cause I have a book I've been working on for quite a while and it, I've had these little characters in my head. I know what they look like. I know what their accents are. I know the kind of clothes that they wear and they're just in my head and I'll get these little pops of conversation and I'll be like, Oh, I've got to write that down. Yeah. So, you know, does any, what do, do you have any type of things that spurs your imagination or, or, you know, really pushes you and says, Oh, I've got to sit down at the computer right now and get that down. Um, just life in general. Again, writing nonfiction, that kind of makes sense, life in general. But for the other stuff, 
it will be just like, say we're walking down the street. So I'm walking my dogs down the street. And this actually happened for one of the books in the scary stories. The, there's one about people that litter. Um, and so we're walking down the street and sure enough, you know, there's litter all over the floor, the ground. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if, I don't want to give away the whole, the whole story, but like, I wonder what would happen if people got punished when they littered <laughs> and that that's really how it, it came. Oh. Um, yeah. And so different things like that, just kind of ideas popping to my head. Sometimes it will be my kid. He, he'll have drawn a picture and I'll be like, oh, this makes me think. Of, so the one there's another one there's um, about a circus and he had drawn this picture, which he ended up deleting, which bugged me because I'm like, I was going to use that picture in the book. But <laughs> um, he does it all the time on me. It's so frustrating. And so um, he drew this picture of like a the top hat guy like the ringmaster and so I was like huh again I wonder what would happen if the ringmaster was evil <laughs> and so that's it, just little things like that I wonder what would happen is really yeah big one. and then you just let your imagination go yeah cool now I'm sitting there thinking <laughs> wonder <laughs> right now I you've got my brain going I'm gonna start looking at I always felt, and I, I've been told, I, I see things, I notice things most don't. Okay. You know, like little things or little nuances of people or little details that people won't notice. And yeah. those are the little things that spark me. Okay. Those things that most don't notice or they take for granted or they just ignore. Mm -hmm. The things that most don't see, don't take the time to look at that's where I'm sparked from little things like that. So, you know, people's, people's mannerisms or how they're dressed or how their hair is, or, you know, how a child is the way that their little hand is holding their parents' hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, little things like that. Like, is he holding on for dear life or is he just barely holding on or just holding on to one finger? Yeah. You know, um, little things like that is what I notice, And those are the types of things that spark me and get like a little storyline going. Okay. You know, I'll be like, yeah. oh, I've got to get that down. Got to get that down. Cause then it just kind of comes it, it, when it starts coming. It's just coming. Right. I exactly. <laughs> and like if I don't get this down, I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> yep. Know? Well, that's the great thing about cell phones. Now you can just have like the little app and just kind of type it all in there. I use my voice recorder. Oh, there you go. And yeah. Talk it in there. And then type it out later. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was a brilliant idea one day when I was literally out in the woods and it was the middle of winter time. And all of a sudden the storyline came and I'm going, I, I don't, I will not remember this. So I figured right? out on my phone in the middle of the woods. So as I'm walking my dog through the snow, I'm, you know, dictating into my phone, <laughs> this story. <laughs> hey, whatever works. It worked. It worked. Okay, so we're going to get ready to wrap up here because holy cow, a half hour flew by really fast. It does. But you've got, you know, all of these, all you have, all your books, you've got your write or die show. Folks, everybody out there listening, all of this stuff will be in the show notes and all the links. So you will be able to check out all her books. Obviously, we want you to check out her show and subscribe while you're there, by golly. Um, she's got a lot of great guests on and I, I have listened to numerous episodes of yours, but you've Yay. got a lot of great guests on there and I, you have an awesome show. So keep on doing, keep on doing what you're doing lady. Cause you, I think you're doing an awesome mm. job. Thank y'all. 
So if you would, and I ask all of my guests before we say goodbye, if you could leave my listeners with a little nugget of hope that you could toss out there to them and they could carry away with them for the day. So I think I'm going to um, use my slogan that I end my ride or die show with because I feel like it's so important that we remember it. Um, And it's the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. And I say that because we don't need to hide who we are. You can be, have bipolar, you can have depression, you can have PTSD and still be an amazing, awesome person. So there's no need to hide. And so speak openly, speak honestly, be true to yourself. I like that. Speak openly and there's no need to hide. Yeah. Right there, folks. That's a powerful one. No need to hide. Remember that all of you out there listening. If you might be in a a bit of a bumpy spot right now or in a dark spot, there's no need to hide there and there's no need to stay there because there is light. There's always, always light. And the world is a better place because you're in it. Don't forget that. Randy, thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an absolute pleasure and a blessing. And I wish you the best of luck with all of these amazing journeys that you're on with your writing and your YouTube channel. So thank you. Thank you very much for being on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun to be on yours for a change. <laughs> yeah, And we will have to do it again. We will. I'm sure there's lots more we can talk about. Uh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And everybody out there listening, thanks once again for tuning in to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. That wraps up another episode of Let Fear Bounce, folks. Thanks so much for spending a small part of your day with myself and my special guests. I am blessed week by week by the people that I have on my show. I'm also blessed by you for tuning in and listening. And if you want to learn a little bit more about me, you can go to my website at kimlanglingauthor.com and check out everything else I'm doing. I like to keep myself busy. And until next week, folks, everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. And don't forget, you are amazing.